before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came uh, in the spirit, the Holy Spirit led him into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, uh, Mary and Joseph, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Everyone say boom. So here's the story, right? It's about a month and a half after Jesus is born because uh, after eight days, they would circumcise if he was a male, of course. And after eight days, they would do that. And then about 33 days, you can read this in Leviticus 12 because I did some homework today. In Leviticus 12, after a woman gives birth to a child, she has to wait 33 days before she can come to the temple. So you do the math. It's about a month and a half after Jesus is born. So they're coming to do the Levitical things that they have to do. They have to go to the, the thing and offer some sacrifices and and to do the ceremonial cleansing. It was all part of the the Mosaic law. So they come in there, but God had made a promise to this guy named Simeon. Like go back to, can you put up verses 26 again? Uh, It says, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And then verse 27, and he came in the spirit into the temple. We don't know how much time elapsed between verse 26 and verse 27. But what we do know is that he was waiting. Everyone say waiting. We knew, we don't know if that was a year or 20 years or five minutes or, you know, whatever. My assumption is that it was a long time. And my, my assumption is that he was actually probably waiting a few decades after this. But all we know is that it was a waiting period. Everyone say it again, waiting. And this is what we know about this guy named Simeon is that he was righteous and devout. This guy was not just your Sunday Christian, if we want to say it like that. This dude was dedicated. And when you were like in the old covenant dedicated, you were like extreme dedicated. You don't say it. It wasn't like I went to church Wednesday and Sunday and read the Bible every other day. Be like, no, 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 that's not dedicated. These guys memorize the first five books of the Bible. When the old covenant says that you're dedicated, it's like for real dedicated. Like you were dedicated in the details. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you you get what I'm saying. And so we know that this guy was righteous and devout. This guy was a devoted person and he was waiting for the Messiah to come. And what I want you to see is that I feel like this dude was having this time with the Lord. I feel like, like he had every day because, because of what we know about him. And I feel like one day, Holy Spirit led him to the temple. You you have to imagine this thing because we know that he had a pretty outstanding relationship with the Lord based on what we know about him. And I feel like this is what happens one day in his devotion with the Lord. The Lord just says, hey, why don't you go and check out what's going on in the temple? I want to show you something. Can you imagine this? Holy Spirit spoke to his heart, revealed to him that the Messiah is going to come and you're actually going to see it with your very eyes. This person who Israel has been waiting for because Rome was oppressing them. And so it was even more on their heart because they're thinking they're going to, this Messiah is going to come and literally set us free from the Roman oppression. And not only that, we know spiritual oppression was actually what he was coming at to set us free from. But he just knew in his heart, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart, just like he's done to many of us in this room. The Holy Spirit has spoken something to your heart and he put a promise in your heart. And now we're in this pit time period called waiting. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's just life. It's just every good thing you have to wait for. It, it, a lot of things happen in instant, but you know, the things that really last are things that you wait for because God's doing something in your heart in the interim. 
But imagine though, like imagine one day you're doing your devotional time, you're reading the scripture, or you're just going through life and the Holy Spirit's with you, he lives in you. And one day he said, hey, hey, Simeon, on your way home from the market, you know, buying your pita bread or whatever you're doing, <laughs> why don't you take a stop by the temple? I want to show you something. Can you imagine this? And, and I feel like little did he know that Mary and Joseph also had the same thing going on. They're just being obedient to the law. After 33 days, we're supposed to come and, and do our ceremonial cleansing. So that way, and this collision happens with two people who are following the Lord in obedience. And it's like the Holy Spirit, I, this is what I imagine. I imagine Mary and Joseph are doing their thing, coming on this side, and Simeon's coming through the temple on the other side, and he's just walking through. If it was me, he'd be praying in tongues, just like, just like what's going on, Lord? He's just walking through, sheen, dalaba, and then he looks up. And all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit just goes, hey, Merry Christmas. Are we good? It's like he looks up and he just says, hey, Look over there. And he sees the child Jesus in, in Mary's arms, walking in with Joseph. And he's like, Holy Spirit's like, hey, Merry Christmas. It's like that present that you were waiting for all year. You finally get to go to the tree and you open and you're like, ha. And for me, the thought of all these memories of Simeon's life, for me, I'm thinking like, it's like, it's like his whole life flashes before his eyes because he's waited and he's waited. And then it finally culminates in the appearing of Christ the Messiah. It's like he's waited and he waited. I, I think of it like this. It's like he's like sitting there remembering as a teenager when the Lord actually spoke to his heart and he's sitting there as a teenager going like, man, I, I can't wait to see the day. I cannot wait to see the day. And he goes through his teenage years going, man, this is, this is going to be awesome. God said, I'm not going to die until I see Jesus Christ, the Messiah come in. And then he turns 20 and he's in his 20 somethings and he's still waiting on the promise. And he's growing up, he's maturing a little bit, learning responsibility, you know, whatever the thing is, he meets the one, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then he hits his thirties. And if he's like me, he starts having kids and stuff, you know? And so he's hitting in his thirties and he's still waiting though, right? Like he's going through life. He's a teenager. He's, he's like, oh, this is awesome. Hitting his twenties. Ah, man, I can't, I, I can't wait until I see. Then he hits 30 and he's starting to have a family. He's doing life. He's doing everything. And it's, and then he hits 40 and he's still waiting. And all of these memories are like flashing before his eyes. I remember when I used to sit there and pray at the temple when I was 17 years old and I used to go like, God, I can't wait for the day. And when I was 26 and, and finally I was having that one prayer time and I remembered and when we were bringing a sacrifice when I was 32 for my kids and all this and then he turns 40 and then he turns 50 and all into his 60s and then finally it's like all these things flash before his eyes in the instant and it's like finally this one day at the temple the one he's been waiting for finally shows up and the promise is fulfilled. And I, as a side note, you got to think, he's probably seen hundreds of babies coming into that temple because that was part of the dedication that they had to do, right? Like this is, if, if, it's, if they're being legitimate Hebrew culture, you have to dedicate your firstborn. So you have to bring in, you have to make sacrifice, you have to do this whole thing. Hundreds of babies have come through and he's probably seen it, but the anointing was on this one. And what I love about Simeon is that he actually had a spiritual perception he had a relationship with the Holy Spirit and learned how to recognize his moving, that he could look at a hundred babies and then finally when the right one comes in, he goes, that's the one I've been waiting for. That's how you, that's how you have, you know, you have a relationship, with, that's how you know the promise of God when you recognize the moving of God on something. 
There could be hundreds of opportunities for the promise to be fulfilled, but when you see the anointing of God on something, that's when your heart comes alive. You follow what I'm saying? And, when, and this is what I think is crazy. When he saw baby Jesus, he literally just took him in his arms. Can you imagine being Mary and Joseph in that moment? Like, well, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this is so powerful. This is how confident he was that the promise of God had been fulfilled. This is, this is, I think, also just how happy he was. He was probably so overjoyed by the fact that he got to see the Christ and the promise was fulfilled. And I imagine he took baby Jesus in his arms with tears in his eyes and lifted him up and began to praise God. Lord, you're now can you, you can dismiss your servant in peace according to your word. And then, he, and then he says all these things and, 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 you know, my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all people. Because the reality is, is that there's a sense of peace, there's a sense of joy, there's a sense of fulfillment and praise when you experience a promise being fulfilled. And my, my heart for you is that I want all of us to experience this moment when the gift that we've been waiting for finally arrives. You know what I'm saying? I don't want us to lose heart in the waiting. Because if Christmas tells us anything, it tells us that God is faithful. And that's all I want to say. If there's one thing the Christmas story tells us, it's God is faithful. And I want to encourage you tonight that God is faithful to fulfill his promises. And imagine being the person of Simeon sitting there waiting in his, through his teenage years, through his 20s and 30s and 40s, 50s and 60s, and the Lord had put something inside of his heart. What has God put inside of your heart? Because whatever that thing is, Christmas tells us that God is actually faithful to complete the promise that he's given you. Amen. Amen. And so I want, that was the shortest message I've ever done. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what I want to do. I want us to all just stand and I want to pray for you because I, I just really, honestly, I feel like sometimes the th some of the things that we're waiting for, for some of us, breakthroughs right around the corner. But for some of us, we're waiting. And no one says amen on that part. <laughs> it's coming tomorrow. Hallelujah. You got to wait about 10 more years. <sighs> you know what I mean? But when you look at Simeon, come on, no, this, is the, this is the Christmas story that doesn't get a whole lot of airplay. You know what I mean? But this is part of it, man. He waited for a promise, I believe, for decades. What are you going to do in the waiting? I want to encourage you just to trust that God's actually faithful. And when he says something, he'll actually do it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, just put your hand on your heart. God, I thank you for the, this group of young adults, God. You're teaching us your ways. And God, I pray for the, I speak to the dreams and the promises that are inside of every person's heart in this place tonight. And I pray that you would release hope. I pray, Lord God, that like David said in Psalm 119, you said, your prom, you, this is my comfort through my afflictions, that your promise preserves my life. 
And we say, in your word, we hope. We put our hope in. Simeon had a word from God. And I thank you, each one in this room has something that they're believing you for and something that you've put in their hearts. The dreams and the desires and the purpose and the promise of God. And I just declare over your people tonight that you are faithful to fulfill the word that you've spoken to them. And God, if Christmas tells us something, it tells us that you're faithful to complete the word, to fulfill the promises. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those who are in this waiting period, Lord. I pray that you would give us endurance, but I also pray that you give us a vulnerability to trust, to trust in your goodness and in your character so we can make it through the waiting period. And even through this waiting period, we don't just sit on our bottoms and just wait. It's like we actually seek you while we're waiting. And God, I thank you. You're developing something in our hearts through the waiting. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, transform our hearts to be more like Christ while we're waiting for your promises to be fulfilled in our lives. And I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Yay. Hey, listen. We, next week is a worship night again, as you know. Uh, you can flick the lights back on. That was great timing. But, um, man, help us clean up the mess and all that stuff. We love you. I hope you have the most amazing Christmas. If you're going home for the holidays, then, man, we will miss you. But uh, other than that, we will hopefully see you next week. Merry Christmas. Amen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did talk about the third Friday. Yes, remember to vote on that third Friday. And uh, yeah, amen. Hit it, maestro.